0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا Merciful. إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله Most سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Allahumma, we've been studying different theories about morality what makes an action a virtuous action and then we started talking about different aspects of Islamic theory of ethics. The last point was that in Islamic theory of ethics, both actions and qualities are important. Relatively, which means generally in most of the cases, qualities are more important than actions. Because qualities are part of your personality. Actions are accidental to you. They are not identical with you. Although every action is important, but they are not the same as your reality. Then we said that there are exceptions. There are cases that one action can be so crucial that the action can change your destiny, even one action. Or even destiny of a nation. Or even sometimes it can change the course of history. So we should never underestimate actions. but. We should not be satisfied with good actions. This is the conclusion for this section. Okay? Never underestimate any single action. Even when I say action doesn't need to be something you do it outside. Even your thought, your ideas, your memories, your intentions, these are also actions. Okay, so even if you can make a good intention, this is good. Even if you can make a, I don't know, good idea in your mind, develop an idea in your mind, it's good. Contemplation is good. Or physical action. So never underestimate any action. So be very careful about not doing even single bad action, and be careful not to lose the opportunity for doing one extra good action. But... Your main investment should be made on developing virtues, the qualities of the soul. Or if God forbids we have bad qualities, and I am sure we have many bad qualities, to remove them. So to remove bad qualities, to acquire good qualities. And if you have, inshallah, many good qualities, to safeguard them. Because you can be a very good person, but over time you can change. You can be a person who is not greedy, but over time you become very greedy. Especially the youths have to be very careful, because the youths normally don't have that many bad qualities. They might have bad actions, but not very bad qualities. But if they grow up, and ignore self you know care self monitoring then they develop very bad qualities so the main investment the main concentration should be on qualities good qualities and bad qualities i have here a quote, quotation from Allam shahrani we have already quoted him before. In his commentary on Usul kafi volume eight, page two hundred and ninety-two, he makes this point. The part before this was mentioned before. He says ma Yabqa Al Malakatul <laughs> Hasana بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ and the significance of qualities he says those qualities which are established they have become part of you they remain after death it means they survive death if they are Rasekh means they are well-rooted. They are well-established in you. So if you are generous, but this generosity is not well-rooted and well-established, when you die, it doesn't come with you. Mm -hmm. So you cannot benefit from it in the hereafter. If you are resurrected as a generous person, it will help. But if your generosity... ...says goodbye to you at the time of death, <laughs> then you cannot benefit from it. إِنَّمَا يَبْقَى الْمَلَكَاتُ الْحَسَنَةِ مَعَ النَّفُوسِ بَعْدَ الْمُوتِ إِذَا كَانَتْ رَاسِخَةً If they are established. فَمَنْ عَمِلَ حَسَنًا اَوْ فَضِيلَةً مِنَ if someone does a good action or exhibits a virtue in some time But in other times he doesn't have that virtue. لَمْ يَنْفَعْهُ It's not going to benefit him. This doesn't mean that your good actions are not counted. It means that they are not beneficial in safeguarding you from punishment on the day of judgment. Because maybe sometime, you know, we should discuss this point that there are qualities that if someone has, he would not be punished. Some qualities are a stopping fire touching someone's soul, but we will talk about it maybe sometime. Anyway, so, we should try to invest more, focus more on qualities. Another point is, now that for us both actions and both qualities are important, unlike some theories, because some theories Give priority only to the qualities, and some only to actions. For us, both are important. Now, how can we define Islamically whether a quality is a good quality or bad quality, whether it's virtuous or vicious? What is the criteria? And also about action. What makes an action good? What makes an action bad? Okay? This is a very fundamental question. For qualities, we can follow different ways, different avenues. Most of the people, most of the scholars, when they want to define whether quality is good or not, they try to justify their position by referring to the results. For example, if someone asks you, is generosity good or bad? I am sure 60, maybe even 70, 80%, maybe even more people would say generosity is good because if you are generous, then in society we will have no poverty, this, 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 this. So you see, this is only based on the results outside. Most of the people, if they want to argue, is greediness good or bad? You say, no, greediness is bad. Why? Because because of greediness, we have war, we have occupation, we have fight, we have conflict, you know, this and that. So again, the justification is through results outside. In other words, if you want to be more precise, it means that they... Explain whether a, virtu- a quality is virtue or not by referring to the results of the actions which are related to those qualities. Those qualities, which means, if that quality is acted upon, would have these results you understand? This is the way most of the people argue. If generosity is acted upon, those actions would bear these, you know, fruits. If greediness is acted upon, if hasad, jealous, is acted upon, would have these bad results. Okay, this is one approach, which is the common approach, and it's good, but This is not the only approach, and this is not, perhaps, explaining everything. We believe that generosity is good, even if it is not acted upon. Yeah? Imagine you are a generous person, but you are, at the same time, poor. Is it possible or not? Yes. You can be a generous person, but you don't have any money. Yes. Or you have money. (coughs) but there is no one to whom you can show your generosity. Mm-hmm. Everyone is richer than you, okay? Sometimes you may have equality, but there is no opportunity to show that quality. Sometimes you are very, very brave, but there is no need to show your bravery. And it's very difficult, you know, if you have a good quality, you want to show. (laughs) If someone is very, you know, for example, very brave and very, you know, strong, sometimes he looks for fights. (laughs) Because that is where he can show that he is, you know, brave and strong. You know, it's very difficult for them. (laughs) But some people know, actually, they can hide their good qualities. Anyway, there might be many cases in which you have a quality and that quality is not implemented so you cannot look at the actions so the first approach says we suppose if generosity is acted upon would have these results so generosity is good greediness maybe a person is greedy but He's not showing that or he's controlled. Maybe a person is very arrogant, but Alhamdulillah, he doesn't have any power. Yeah. Many people, they could be as harmful as Hitler and Saddam, but they were just lucky that they didn't have the means and opportunity. Yeah. If they had the opportunity, they could be worse than Hitler. So, they say, if this virtue or this vice, this vicious quality, if they were implemented, they would have these good or bad results. But we say, uh, still, it's better to find a way to examine the qualities directly. So, I am suggesting a second way. Of course... This is mentioned also maybe by some other people, but this is not very common. We say that it's better to consider human soul and see what would make that soul a better soul, or in other words, what make that soul more human. Then that is a virtue. And what makes us not developed in our humanity or takes us away from our humanity, then that is a bad quality, even if it is not acted upon. Okay? You remember once we had this discussion about what is the meaning of human, you know? What makes something human? You know, we talked about the last differential, you know, those things which are exclusive to humanity, we said those are the things which count. You remember, I gave you the example of apple tree, example of buying a book, you know, and we said, you know, although maybe they offer you something which is 90% the same, but for you that 10% which is exclusive, which is distinctive, is important. And we said, Although human beings share a lot with animals, even with plants, and with non-living beings, but what makes a human being, a human being is not those 90% or whatever percent it is that we share. What makes us human is those things that we differ. Yeah? Is it clear? So, if we want to have a human life, we should Dedicate our life to those desires those potentials That are available only to human beings If you want to develop qualities develop qualities which cannot be found in animals This is the priority And if you want to develop a quality which is available in animals For example, you want to strengthen your muscles, no problem, but do it for the sake of human qualities. Otherwise, as such, they have no value. Why you want to, for example, be a person who can run very fast, like a tiger? This why is very important. For us, as human beings, If we dedicate our life to those desires which are only available in human beings, it's very rational. I want to learn. Search for knowledge is a human thing. You don't need to justify this by adding another thing. If you can add another human or divine reason, that's very good. For example, you say, I want to learn for the sake of Allah. I want to learn for the sake of helping other people. But even if you don't have anything else, you say, I want to learn for the sake of learning. still, it's a human approach. Because we have this thirst for knowledge. We have this curiosity. Search for beauty. Search for love, whether it's receiving or showing. These are the things that we discuss. But those things which are common between us and animals, we should expend our energy on them only if it is for the sake of helping us with the first group. Okay? So we eat, we drink, we try to have good you know, shelter, good dress. Why? Not because of themselves. Because we want to do something to develop our humanity. This is a very important discussion, and unfortunately, I don't have time to explain further. That we have three types of desires, and which types of desires have their own different, uh, you know, rulings. But just I think to this extent is enough. So, any quality that develops our potentials for becoming a better human being is a good quality. It's a virtue like generosity, kindness, bravery, wisdom, chastity, all these virtues. Any qualities which would stop us from becoming a complete human being, this would be destructive, this would be vicious. So here, I don't refer to the actions and the results. I am just focusing on the qualities directly. I'm talking on the soul, and the qualities of the soul. Many of our books on akhlaq like, you know, Mi'raj al-Sa'adat, Jam al-Sa'adat, what they have done is that they have mentioned three faculties for human soul. Faculty here means quwwah. There are three faculties. Al-quwwah al shahawiyya the faculty which is responsible for appetites. This is one runner or one engine for pushing us to do some actions. Some of our actions are done because of shahwa. Shahwa is not only sexual. Shahwa can be for eating, for drinking, appetites, okay? So, this is one faculty. They say, if you manage to strike balance in this faculty, the balance is al chastity. Not only for sexual uh, desire, for everything. For anything that you want to do it for the sake of gaining a pleasure, physical pleasure. Should try to be a thief to have chastity. This is the balance. If you do it too much, okay, this is Shara. Shara means someone who wants to enjoy more than balance. For example, someone enjoys very much eating, always wants to eat. He is not eating in order to gain enough energy. He is eating just in order to gain the pleasure. So even if the food is harmful, it says it's delicious. I cannot stop eating a delicious food, even if it is harmful. And sometimes, you know, they eat and they eat and they eat. Or... It can be in drinking, or it can be in, I don't know, sleeping, or it can be in uh, sexual relation. So if it is done too much, it's a problem. If it is done less than balance, for example, someone doesn't eat except very, very, very little, and then harms his health, or he doesn't have any appetite. Or someone who is against marriage, says I don't want to marry at all. And not only he doesn't want to marry, he doesn't have any desire for the opposite sex. This is not a virtue. A human being should have this desire. Yes, you control your desire. Or you're satisfied through a legal, a moral, a religious way. Yeah. So you have F. but if someone doesn't feel any attraction to the opposite sex or you know, doesn't feel anything good in marriage and says, you know, if I live alone, I am better, of course sometimes you say this because of bad experiences, that's another issue, but someone has no feeling at all, for him, a man, if he's a, she's a woman, or a woman, if he's a man, is like a stone, this is not a healthy approach, OK? So the balance is ifrah. This is faculty of appetite. Then we have faculty of anger. <laughs> this is very important faculty, because this is the faculty that helps you defending yourself, help you resisting against attacks and threats. The balance for al-qawat al the faculty of anger, is what? <clears throat> Ashajah, bravery. Bravery is the balance. Brave is the person that, in a very balanced way, in a moderate way, exercises his anger. But sometimes people go to the extreme, okay? They are always angry, they're always attacking, always swearing at people, okay? This is not good. This is not shajah if you attack everyone. You shouldn't be like a wolf, like a wild animal. A brave person is the one that knows when to exercise his bravery. You have to be a brave person, but sometimes be beaten up and do nothing. Yeah, but it's very difficult if you are a brave person and then remain, you know, silent or do nothing. It's very difficult. Sometimes, for example, you know when we. Look at the life of Imam Ali salam. We are very impressed by his bravery during the battles. In, you know, Badr, Uhud, Khanda, all these battles. Which, of course, is true. He was very brave. But the way Imam Ali reacted after the demise of the Prophet shows more control over the self than those braveries during the battles. That's much more difficult to be such a brave person who is the first Muslim, who is, you know, son-in-law of the Prophet, the cousin of the Prophet, legitimate successor of the Prophet, but for the sake of Islam, you remain silent. This is much more difficult and needs much more uh, strength than the first although the first it's great but I'm saying this is even greater so the brave is the one who is balanced sometimes people go to extreme they do it too much they want to attack everyone they you know feel everything is a threat they want to respond. And sometimes they go to this extreme, and ne- nothing makes them angry. Nothing makes them respond. They are very passive. <laughs> if someone does injustice to them, to their family, to people, still they do nothing. This is also a problem. This is called jobna. This is to be fearful, yeah. They have, you know, in Farsi we say some people are like potato, <laughs> meaning they have no nerve, yeah. They feel nothing. If potato was feeling, this thing would not become sometimes that big. <laughs> so. Of course, for potato to be potato is perfection, but for a human being to like potato is not a perfection. Yeah, (laughs) we have to remember. You know, sometimes we say, for example, this human being is like a wolf. Okay, a human being to be wolf is not good, but a wolf to be wolf is perfection. Yeah. So this is the two sides. Then we have (laughs) al-qawwatu'l-āqilah. The faculty, which is responsible for understanding, for rationality. What is the balance? Al-Hikmah, wisdom. A wise person is the one who is able to use his reason, his Aql, properly. There are few signs for the people who use their Aql properly we should discuss it another occasion but i only mentioned some of the points what are the signs of a wise person what are the signs of a person who uses his reason properly in a balanced way one sign is he doesn't accept things without reason if you believe in everything that you are told you are not using your app. Allah has not made it, made us just a flash memory that people put in us, everything. You should say, this is true, this is false. I only accept those things which have argument behind them, a proof. So you should not accept everything. you should accept the things which have reason but also, when there is reason, you have to accept. There are people who don't accept even if there is reason. This is also a problem. They have also gone to extreme. Both have problems, whether those who accept everything easily or those who are never convinced. there are people that can never make up their mind. It's a problem. If you trust everyone that you see, this is a problem. If you cannot trust anyone, this is also a problem. Okay? You have to be able to exercise your rational faculty in the way that sometimes you accept, sometimes you don't accept. So, a wise person accepts with reason. Doesn't accept without reason. Also, a wise person rejects with reason. And doesn't reject without reason. Some people think that rejection doesn't need reason. Only acceptance needs reason. But both need reason. You know, if, for example, a person comes and asks for money, In order to say that he is a needy person, we need reason. Yeah? I cannot, for example, recommend that person to you unless I have a reason. So, to verify his claim, I need reason. But also to reject his claim, I need a reason. I cannot tell you, don't give him money. There are many people like him. It means that I am rejecting him. I cannot recommend him, but I cannot also reject him. It's very you know delicate issue many times we reject without having good reason someone you know uh, comes and i don't like his face i say he's not a good person we have to be very careful you know for example when we interview people okay i remember you know once uh, we were interviewing someone for our institute in qom and uh, most of the people were not happy with him and i i was feeling that no he is a good person but he is better than what he shows and alhamdulillah we admitted him and he became very 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 good you know person but if we were just following the appearance then we could have said no. We have to be very careful. Of course, we cannot accept people without reason, but also we cannot reject people. You know, it's very difficult to be a judge. Even interviewing is very difficult, very, very difficult. So a wise person accepts with reason, doesn't accept without reason, rejects with reason, doesn't reject without reason. A wise person doesn't go just by majority. If 90% of people say something, you should not accept it just because 90% say this. Even if 99% say something, you shouldn't accept just because 99% say something. Yeah? I am not against democracy, but democracy is not a way to find out what is truth. Yeah, democracy is a practical solution. When we are stuck in a a situation and we don't know what is the truth, and we don't have any legitimate, you know, person to tell us what to do, we don't have a legitimate, you know, guide or leader, okay? So we are few people like each other, then it's better to go by majority than fighting. Okay, so democracy is good. When we don't have any way to establish what is true or what is right. Sometimes we don't establish what is true, but we can establish what is right. Do you know the difference? For example, if we have a good leader and we listen to our leader, it doesn't mean that whatever he says is true. Maybe he makes mistake, but for us it is right to follow him. Okay, sometimes it's right to follow something even if you are not sure whether it is true or not, because that is the best decision. So, in the absence of a way to establish what is true or what is right, then we go by majority, okay? But in your mind, you should not be convinced just because majority say this. You say, okay, I have my opinion, I am not convinced, but I come by majority. But if you think and believe in the way that majority thinks and believes, it means that you have given up your own rationality. (laughs) Okay, so it's very important. On the other hand, you cannot be Going by minority. Unfortunately, there are people that love to be always in minority. There are people who love to be odd. Whenever people say something, they listen. When everyone says, you know, what he he believes or thinks, then they want to say something different. A wise person doesn't want to be different. Do you understand? Both is a problem. I don't want to think like majority. I want to have my own independence, but at the same time, I don't want to disagree. You understand? You have to be very careful. I want just to follow the truth. If majority say something which is right, I accept. If they say something that I am not convinced, okay, I don't fight with them, I say I'm not convinced. I wish I was thinking like you. I don't have any problem to be like you. I don't want to be different, but this is the way I think. So this is also very important. I don't know if you have seen people like this, that they want to be always different. Yeah? Yeah? Another also sign of a wise person is that they are not against old things just because they are old. You know, there are people that they think only new things are better. They are biased against the things which have history, against the things which have a tradition behind them. You know, unfortunately, this is in the mind of many people. Always they want something new. Let's go to a new for example, a speaker, let's go to a new majlis, let's uh, listen new things. This is not necessarily the sign of being a good thing, a better thing. One of the things that the prophets used to be told was, what you say is a repetition of what previous nations have said. We want new things. All the prophets have said, you know, there is one God. We want someone who says there is no God. We want something new. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Everyone has said, you know, you cannot shake hands with a woman or a man who is now mahram. We want something new. Someone says it's okay. How much we should hear all things? We we want something new. (laughs) This is not rationality. This is not wisdom. Yeah? On the other hand, to be against new things, just because they are new, this is also not good. Yeah? If someone says something, you cannot say, this is new, so I don't like it. To be new by itself doesn't mean that it is bad. To be old also doesn't mean that it is bad. You have to be checking what is the rationale, behind it? What is the argument behind it? Maybe sometimes there are new things which are good. Sometimes there are old things which are good. A wise person is very careful not to be deceived by this type of superficial things. Many times, many times, to be old means better. Many times. Not always. For example, if there is a fatwa, okay, if there is an, a scholarly opinion, we are not against new fatwas. We are not against new scholarly opinion. But if there is a fatwa or a scholarly opinion which has history, which has been always said, which has been said for centuries, this adds to the value. It's not a proof. And this is why you are not against again fat oil, uh, new fatwa, But to be old, to be, have history, adds to the significance, to the weight. Yeah? If some, someone is said by people, generation after generation, this can add to the value. Sometimes to be old is better. Sometimes to be new can be better. When the old idea was not working, the old white idea was not useful, was not based on reason, okay, we go for new thing. Alhamdulillah, in the school of Ahlul Bayt, we have this beautiful dynamism in our thought. We have Ijtihad, And our Ijtihad is open if you have a very, very great scholar, still his students may have different opinions, different fatwas than their teacher. When Sheikh Ansari was there, neither he asked his students nor his students thought that they should have everything in their mind like him. He was teaching them methodology, but then his students, many of them were mujtahids, and they had their own ideas. Maybe the same as him, or maybe different. They were independent. And no faqih is bound to follow his predecessors. faqih who is qualified, can have a fatwa which is new. Even today, maybe someone says something which is new. But we are not accepting only because it is new, or because it's making life you know, very convenient for us. It must be based on methodology. We have, alhamdulillah, enough openness. We have e- enough opportunity for people to exercise you know, real scholarship. But it has a system. If you do it too much, if you stretch it too much, then the whole frameworks will collapse. You know, there is a way to do it. If you want to do something, you should come and work within the system, within the methodology. You cannot stay outside and from outside force, you know, how to change their view. And if they don't f- change their view, then you ask people not to do it. This is not the way it works. There is enough openness and dynamism, but it has its system. Anyway, the balance for faculty of rationality is hikmah, is wisdom. So if in these three faculties you have the balance, you have virtues. If you go to extremes you have vicious qualities. And sometimes some vicious qualities can be a combination of two or three faculties working together. You know sometimes they help each other, and all together develop a very good quality, a very bad quality. If in all these three qualities, uh, the three faculties, you reach the balance, then you have achieved adala. Adala, justice, or righteousness. The one that in his rationality, he is balanced. In his anger, is balanced. In his ap- appetite, is balanced. They call this Adala. So, Al Adil, Huwa al Hakim, Al shujaa Al Afif. Mm-hmm. When everything is balanced. Otherwise, there will be more or less problems. So, this was the way that ulama were looking at human virtues and if you study Jamu Sa'adad, you see they come up with the list of virtues and vices according to the qualities of soul. So, there are two ways. One is to refer to the actions and then say those qualities that are relevant to those actions, they are good or bad, or directly refer to the qualities and decide whether they are good or bad. Inshallah, we will talk more about uh, Islamic theory of ethics inshallah in the next session wa akhiru alhamdulillah rabbil